How y'all doing? Good, are you? Wes chin checking me over there. All right. Hey, man, if it's your first time here today, my name is Craig and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church. So thank you for being here. Thanks for letting us do that. Hey, and will you do me a favor? There's a bunch of people watching online. Will you put your hands together and help me welcome the rest of our family? Love you guys. Facebook, YouTube, church online platform, we are glad that you are with us. Go ahead and say hi in the chat or whatever you do, little emojis or that stuff, that stuff. Um, so hey, you saw the video, you know what's up this weekend. Gentlemen, I am stoked, I am so excited. The men's conference is this weekend, it is coming up just a few days away. The staff has been working really hard on it, getting everything organized and ready for you gents. And let me just say, if you're a guy in here and you're not signed up and you're not planning on coming, Loser. It's going to be amazing, amazing. You want to be a part of it. I'm just telling you, it will be the best thing this year for men. I'm just telling you, it will. So you can st it's not too late. You can still sign up out there on your way out, or you can do it on your phone. If I bore you at any point, just pull out your phone and go ahead and sign up. That's totally cool. Um, so we are in this series called Silent Killers. And we are, here's, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're looking at. Because there's this idea that there's a lot going on in the world. There, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in our lives, local government, national government, international, NATO, all that stuff. It seems like everything right now is pretty much a dumpster fire, doesn't it? Maybe you're not looking at the same dumpster I am. It, it just kind of looks like a dumpster fire everywhere. And the, the things that are going on are important. I'm not saying ignore what's going on in our country, local, in the world. I'm not saying that at all. But here's what happens. We, we get so focused on, because it's so off the scale, you know, because it's just so intense right now, the last couple of years, we, we tend to hone in on that and we focus on that. And while we're doing that, here's what the enemy does. The enemy slides in these silent killers into our souls. He slides in, he, he sets up basically a, a, a terrorist cell in our souls waiting for them to be awakened at just the right time to crush us and hurt us and wound us from the inside rather than the outside. And he slides in there because we're not paying attention. King Solomon said this in the Bible. King Solomon said, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. So these things are going on and they're, they're going to keep going on, right? They're, it's just happening. But we have to be aware of what's going on in our hearts and what's happening inside of us because when things calm down or whatever and the wheels get put back on the wagon and somebody extinguishes the dumpster fire that's going on, um, we're going to look at our lives and say, well, where did that come from? Why, why, am I, why am I full of this unforgiveness? Why am I full of pride all of a sudden? Why am I struggling with this habit that I never had before? And so that's what we're looking at. Those are the things that we're talking about. Now, let me, let me just start you off with a simple question. You can confess if you want to, but how many here or online, how many here would raise their hand and say, at one point or another in my life, I have overeaten? I, <laughs> and some of you with a smile on your face, yeah, Pastor, that's me, right? <laughs> All right. How many of you have ever, and you know, you know when you're there, right? You start eating, and whether, whether the food is just so good you can't stop, or whether the emotions from that last breakup are still there, you're trying to squash it, or, or you spent, you invested so much at the Golden Corral, you're going to get your money's worth. <laughs> Whatever it is, you start eating, and, and you, you put that fork to your mouth, or that spoon, or, or that shovel, whatever, and you know the bite. You, you do, because you take that one bite and you're like, well, I'm satisfied. I'm just satisfied. I got a little more room and then I'll be full. I'm just, I'm right now, I'm satisfied. I could stop, but 
It's so good. Still thinking about Jimmy leaving me like that. I'm just going, I'm just going to eat a little bit more. And you eat, and now you're full. And you keep eating. Anybody ever been here? And you've been there so long, they come out and say, no more food for you. You've been here four hour. Right? When they ask you to leave a buffet, it's time to, you're like, you've been there too long. You've been there too long. And, and so you have those things, and you get so full, you've, you've tipped the scale, so now you get, you're miserable, come on, and, and you get the meat sweats. Anybody here ever had the meat sweats? You know what I'm talking about? You're just like, oh, I don't feel good, right? And, and you're just miserable, and then you start, you might not say this out of your mouth, but I know you think it because you're human just like me. I think to myself, why did I do that to myself? I mean, it's just like, oh my God, I feel miserable. I feel horrible. And we want it to change. And we don't want to do that. But when you're in the process of eating too much, you're not thinking about how it's going to make you feel. You're thinking about, man, that's really good stuff. Anybody? Anybody? Now, everybody here, raise their hand that you have overeaten at one time or another. I mean, that was pretty much 100% at the beginning. Look, you're doing it again. You're proud. Yes, I did. I'm a glutton for Jesus, right? You raise your hand, and we do that, and we do it with a laugh, and I'm starting with overeating because honestly, it's the one thing we all do, and we laugh about, and none of you would have confessed if I would have said, how many here this morning will just confess that you have smoked crack today? How many slept with a prostitute this week, right? Hand in the back, I saw that. I'm not gonna confess. Welcome to South Point Church, glad you're here. Um, we start with overeating because here's the deal. We all kind of do that, but we all have something, whether it's as extreme as smoking crack or whatever. We all have something in our lives that we want to change. Every single one of us. We have something in us that we wish we weren't doing. And I know that's true because you're not perfect. And I'm not perfect. We have issues. Come on, we got, we got issues. Look at your neighbor and say, girl, you got issues, right? We all see that. So you got issues. And so we all have something that we want to see change, but here's the deal, and here's the struggle, and here's the silent killer. It sets up this habit in us, and even though we want to change it, and even though we don't want to do it, whatever it is, we find ourselves doing it again and again and again. Look at how the Apostle Paul says this in Romans chapter 7. He says this, I don't really understand myself. Because for I want to stop eating junk food. I want to stop procrastinating. I want to stop overspending. I want to stop whatever it is. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Okay, now watch right here. And we'll circle back around at this at the end of the message today. But watch what the Apostle Paul does. It. He does something, and this is where we get messed up. He puts his failure as his identity. What he does wrong, he makes himself wrong. So I don't want to do blah, 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 all that stuff. And he says, it. oh, what a miserable person I am. I was doing miserable things. Now I'm a miserable person. He's switched from just the deed being bad to now I am a bad person. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? He looks back to the source. Thank God. The answer, come on in your best preacher voice. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, you feel it in the house. Mm-hmm. Here's my prayer for you today. I've been praying for you guys for this message, and I don't normally say that, I don't normally, but I do pray for you, but I have a specific prayer for you guys today as we listen to this message, because this is gonna be one of those messages that I'm willing to bet most of us will not do it. However, it's the one thing that if we would do it, it would really help us change habits that we have that we don't want. And so it's one, again, it's one of those things where I have this habit that I don't want to do and I keep doing it. I'm getting ready to give you the solution and the answer to stop doing it. But sometimes we don't want to do the work to break the habit. We'd rather just complain about the habit. And so I'm getting ready to give us some work. So here's my prayer for you today. My prayer is that you will identify your silent killer that's in you. Identify what that habit is. Identify what that thing is. It might be something grand and you already know what it is. It might be something small. But again, I know you got some because we all do. I, I, want, I want you to identify that. And then I want you to be able to isolate it and destroy it and get it out of your life. And then third part of that prayer is I want us all to build spiritual disciplines to keep our health, our hearts healthy and whole. Okay, so that, that's, the, that's the plan. I want all that because of this. This is my prayer. Because, you can fill in the blank, because successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. Let me read this again. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. Now, I can feel some of you are a little, a little crusty over the idea. I'm using the word successful. Oh, no, we're going to throw our crowns at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's later. If you don't like the word successful, put in there solid faithful Christian person. Okay? You can put something in there. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. We all have good intentions. Like right now, there's people watching online that had the full intention of coming to church today. But you didn't make it, did you? Because you're not here. You're there. You had the intention. You even said last night before you went to bed, I'm doing like the TV evangelist thing. I'm talking to somebody right now. <laughs> you said last night to your spouse, we need to go back to church and we're going to do it tomorrow. The Lord's speaking to you. Okay, this is just kidding. Um, but you, you, you had the intention to come, but something happened. Something, something happened, and you were unable to fulfill your intention, even though you intended on doing it, even though you intended isn't it interesting that we all have good intentions, but we all fail so many times at our good intentions? Would you agree with that? We, we often, we have good intentions for whatever the category is in life, and we fail. Let me tell you three reasons why we fail at these things, and let's just get a little bit better. The, the reason we fail is we focus on the what, but don't understand the how. We focus on the what, but we don't understand the how. Or I'll say it another way. We focus on the goal. We focus on what we want, but we, don't, we never think about or focus on how we get there. And the crazy thing is, we all have the same goals. <laughs> Everybody has the same goals. And I know that because we're all human. Because nobody has goals. Like right now, there's not a single person that said, you know, Pastor Craig, today is September, middle of September, right there about, middle, middle time. My goal for the rest of this year is to increase my obesity by 23.5%. I want to have my cholesterol numbers so high that I have serious critical cardiac issues. And while I'm at it, before December, I want to double my debt. Nobody has those goals. Does anybody have those goals? No. If you did, you smoking something, right? We don't have those goals. We all have the same goals. And here's the funny thing. 
Successful people and unsuccessful people, we have the same goals. We have the same goals. So what's the problem? If all we're focusing on is goals, you're going to miss it. And if all you're focusing on is goals, you're going to miss the silent killer that sets up in your soul because it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it does well through goals. It does not do well through systems. Fill in the blank. Goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. Goals do not, and I know, again, some of you are like, what is this talk of goals and systems? Is this some of that business voodoo mojo, momo, mojo that you're throwing at us? I came to church to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ presented. I want to hear about Jesus and the Bible. There ain't no systems in the Bible. <laughs> really, how many of you have ever heard of Daniel? Daniel, all the way back to Daniel in the lion's den. Heard of him? Old school Bible story? If you don't know, go back. It's in the book of Daniel. See what I did there? Go back. Daniel had a system. He had a system that he was going to pray three times a day, every single day, no matter what. It was a system. Fast forward to the New Testament. I'm just picking out a couple random guys here. You ever heard of this guy named Jesus? Anyone? Anyone? Jesus? Yeah? Yeah? Some of you? Cool. Um, Jesus had a system. When you read the Gospels, you realize that he was continually getting away by himself to pray. Getting, it was a system in his life because he knew, Jesus knew, Daniel knew, we should know that the systems we put in place in our life will prop up and support and get us to the goal that we want to achieve. But if all we ever do is focus on the goal and that thing, you will never get there. You'll, you'll never get there. How many times have you said, and I'll just pick on weight for a second. How many of you have ever said, I want to lose weight? Boy, your hands go up a lot quicker for overeating, don't it? <laughs> so I want to lose weight, and that's as far as it goes. You even have a goal weight. Okay, all that's great, but if you don't, how many know, if you don't put a system in place, is it fun? No. And I know, I know this is not a shout down Pastor Craig message, because we don't like work. We just want the stuff. Come on. Uh, you're an American just like me. We just want the stuff. I don't want to work for it. I want the good things. I want all that stuff. But I don't want to do the hard work of getting my soul and protecting my heart like I need to. It's systems in place. All right, you ready for another one? Here's another reason we fail. Another reason we, re another reason we fail is we don't see progress fast enough. We, don't, we just don't see it fast enough, whatever it is. If it's a spiritual discipline that you're trying to get, we don't see it fast enough. We think, we live in such an instantaneous society, we think that if I do this, I should get this. It's like, like have you guys ever, speaking of losing weight, have you guys ever um, like decide to lose weight or whatever? You're like, I'm going to exercise for three days straight, and you go to that gym, and you, you crush it. You crush it. You bench pressing, you leg pressing, you pressing, 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 you doing all that stuff. And three days straight, you are feeling good. You are ready to run the Iron Man. You are all that in a bag of chips. And you get on the scale and you gain two pounds. Anybody? Anybody? And you think, well, obviously, this ain't working. Because we expect three days, I should drop at least 150 pounds. At least. We think these small little things don't matter. But they do. We wrongly assume, you can fill in the blank, we wrongly assume that small, good decisions don't matter that much. Was it a good decision to start exercising? Well, sure. Is it a good decision to start reading your Bible? Sure. And maybe, maybe you came to church last Sunday, <laughs> and you heard the message, and you were inspired. You were like, Pastor Craig, woo, that was great. 
And you went home and you read your Bible every single day for four days. And you're feeling amazing. Did you make a good decision to read your Bible? Yes. And on the way to work, you still cussed people out. Where's the change? I've read the Bible. I've invested. Why is there no change? Because we're thinking that then we start thinking, we start processing. These little good decisions don't really matter. And the other side of it is true too. Then we start thinking little bad decisions don't matter. We think, well, I played video games. I came home from work and I saw my wife, but I didn't really talk to my wife. And I played video games for seven and a half hours. I ignored my wife, I ignored my kids, but I played video games for seven and a half hours. And you wake up in the morning and she's still there. She didn't leave you. So we start thinking, well, then that must not have mattered that much. Or you're a teenager and you think, well, that, I got away with that one little lie. I got away with that one little lie. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. Come on, parents, nudge your teenager. Say, pay attention to Pastor Craig. He preaching today. I'm waiting. Okay. I got away with that one little lie. I got away with that one little lie. And we think that it doesn't matter or it didn't affect anything. And we fail to realize that we are a culmination of all of our decisions, good and bad. Good and bad. We are a culmination of all those decisions. Nobody wrecks their life in one decision. Nobody becomes successful in one decision. It cracks me up when I, I don't do much counseling anymore. Pastor OC does the counseling. Whoop, whoop, praise God. Um, but when I would do counseling, it would always make me laugh on the inside, never to the person's face. But they come in with all these marriage problems, and it's always, we're getting a divorce. Why are you getting a divorce? Well, she won't, she won't load the dishwasher anymore. What you smoking? Like, crazy man, you're not getting a divorce. And it's, it's funny because it's not a divorce, right? We all know that it's not, you're not getting a divorce because of that. That's actually a true story, by the way. Um, you're not getting a divorce because of that. What is it? It's a culmination. You start peeling back the layers. Well, you've been making stupid choices for the last 22 years. No wonder your marriage is a dumpster fire. No wonder, because you've been investing poor decisions all the way up, and it's the same thing with good decisions. One decision won't make you or break you, but a whole bunch of them will change your life. It'll just change your life. It'll change your life. And some of you, and some of you are crushing it right now. Can I tell you that? You are crushing it. You are making great decisions. You, your life is in a good place, and people look at you. People look at you and say, how did you do that? You are so successful. Your marriage is so awesome. This is so good. Your finances are great. I want that. Yeah, they want that. They're just not willing to do the long-term work that you've done. And you're crushing it. I'm telling you, you are killing it. You're doing so good. You are making more right decisions than bad decisions. And people want, people see people being successful or blessed, and they, they think it's an immediate effect, right? It, I, another thing that cracks me up is I've had... Um, young church plant pastors call me and say, how did you do it? You know, and I'm like, how did I do what? And they're like, how did you do it? You planted a church and it grew and it's doing so well. How, how did you do that? They're, they're looking for a magic pill, right? They're looking for a secret sauce. They're looking for some little answer. And it's like, no, you have to put in the hardcore time that nobody sees. And coming back to you, because you're probably not a church plant pastor, 
it goes back to, if you want to overcome the, the habit, if you want to overcome that, it takes the hard work that nobody sees. Everybody wants your results. Nobody wants to do your work. We all want it. We don't even want to do our own work. I want that. We're really good at wanting, but not wanting to work for it. And so we start, we get this habit in our lives and we start complaining about that habit and we complain and we complain and we complain. And then when we're done complaining about that habit, we blame somebody else. Well, if she would give me more attention, I would be a better husband. Whoa, what up? If my boss would pay me more money, I would, you're just blaming other people. Let's go back to what the deal is. What are you not willing to work through? I know, I told you, this is not a shout down Pastor Craig message, is it? Some of you are like already looking at your phones going, how, how much longer does he have? I have nine minutes and 10 seconds. Hang in there. <laughs> Fill in the blank. It's the things that nobody sees that brings the results that everybody wants. It's the things that nobody sees. Nobody sees that, I, I tell the staff this all the time and they know this, I protect my Saturdays. Why do I protect my Saturdays? I don't go anywhere. I, I don't go, I'm definitely not out late. I was in bed last night at 9.30. Did I want to be in bed at 9.30? No, I wanted to watch football. I'm normal. But I made a choice rather than staying up too late because I know that I need to be well rested today because people matter and this matters. So there's things that I don't want to do that I sacrifice, is that a sacrifice? Well, yeah, it's a small one. You know, again, it's just small things. What can you sacrifice? What are you not willing to sacrifice to get the results that you want? Where, where are you? So there's sacrifices that I make, that I do, that me and my family do, just because we believe that there is a goal that we want, but we're not just focused on the goal. We, there's a system in place. Are you all tracking with me? Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good. Come on, keep, keep making good, small decisions. Just one right after the other. Just keep making good, small decisions and start making less bad decisions. It's not rocket science, but somehow we think it is. We think, well, if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, where's the magic pill? If the Holy Spirit will just remove all this stuff from me, honey, he ain't going to remove it from you. But Pastor Craig, it says in the Bible that he set me free from sin. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means he's opened the prison for you. You got to walk out. And there's a lot of people that are just not wanting to take the effort to put one foot in front of the other. One good decision in front of the other. Is it... Jesus didn't take away your sin. He made it possible for you to be free from your sin. Do you see the difference? So don't just sit in and complain about it. If you really want it, I'm and that's why I said at the very beginning, most people are probably not going to do this because it takes work. It takes hardcore work. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, everybody else will think that you are an instant success. Nope. It's just at the proper time, it's all going to add up, it's all going to build up, and we will reap a harvest if we ju just don't give up. Let me encourage you this morning, please, for the love of God, don't give up. Don't listen to what other people are saying about you. Listen to what he says about you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Well, I made one poor decision. Right. Don't, don't camp there. One foot in front of the other. 
You ready for the third reason we fail? Sure you are. And this is the big one. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. Here's what the silent killer loves to do. Here's what the enemy likes to do. The enemy likes to take your mistake, your failure, where you messed up, and make it your identity. Make it who you are. Well, I did this. And I hear this a lot. I, I, like, I've heard people say, well, my dad was this way. His dad was this way. I guess I'm just going to have to be that way. No. Why? Why? No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you just don't. Well, I, I've always been overweight. I guess I'm just going to have to be this way. This is how. No. Why are you choosing to identify with things that you don't even want in your life? Don't, don't do that. Make a difference. An unhealthy, fill in the blank, an unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. Unwise habits reinforce a healthy identity. We'll read it again. An unhealthy identity, if you have an unhealthy identity, it's just going to roll out and create unwise habits. And those unwise habits, they reinforce an unhealthy identity. It's like this, it's not, it's a vicious circle. It's not a circle of life. It's a vicious circle. One supports the other. Who do you want to be? I want to be Ryan Reynolds. I want to be Jason Momoa. No, no, not, not somebody else. No, you're not, you'll never be Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> never. I'm close to being like Jason Momoa, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, right. Okay. No, we'll never be those people. Who did God create you to be? Who are you? What's your identity? Who is that? Identity is going to shape your actions. There's a guy that goes to church. He's been coming here for years. Um, his name is Tim, Tim Putt. And he is, um, he's in first service. He's serving somewhere, second service. But anyway, um, he's been coming for a while. And for the first several years that he was here, he would, we would have these side conversations, private conversations. And it was always along the lines of, Man, I'm, I need to quit smoking. I'm trying to quit smoking. Now, before I even say this whole story, let me just say this. Pastor, is this story going to end while you're saying smoking is from the devil and it's going to send us straight to hell? Oh, no, that's not the point of the story, so don't get all sideways. One old pastor said this. He said, he said now, smoking might not send you to hell, but it'll make you smell like you've been there. <laughs> Whatever. That's not the point of the story. But Tim, Tim wanted to quit, right? So that's a... You, you track with me. It's just, it was a choice he made. That's his goal. And for years he would say, I'm trying to quit smoking, man. I'm trying to quit smoking. I'm, man, he didn't, never quit smoking. He kept trying, kept struggling, kept trying, kept talking, kept trying, kept struggling. And then this year we had a volunteer retreat. And so we went away to this place. And during this, it was a service, but it was a small gathering. So what I'm getting ready to say, he was not out of order in the least. Um, we were talking back and forth. And he just got up in front of everybody and walked up front to me and handed me a pack of cigarettes. And I went, I don't smoke, dude. And he went, I don't either. Now listen to this. Do you hear how his identity shifted? Before it was, I'm trying to quit smoking. My grandma used to say this, any moron can try, honey. Love my grandma. Right? <laughs> trying to quit smoking. But then all of a sudden his identity shifts. And now I, I'm not a smoker. I don't identify with that anymore. And he did that. Does that make it easy? Was it easy for him to quit? 
No! But now, for the first time, it was possible. Because he was having a healthy identity, and a healthy identity will create healthy habits. And healthy habits will prop up a healthy identity. Does that make sense? Just for me, for example, my identity, okay, who am I? I've been, I've been doing this for a little while, right? So I'm going to say this, and it might sound, well, he's just bragging. Nope, because I want you to say it too, for you. Who am I? I'm a pastor. I'm a man of God. I am righteous. I am full of joy. When I operate with other people, I am full of joy and kindness and goodness. It's part of who I am. It is my identity in Christ. So now that I know, let's just take husband for example. I'm a loving husband. I'm a loving father. I'm a loving husband. So that identity is going to create habits that prop up that identity. So am I ever going to be alone with another woman under any circumstances? No. Why? Because I'm a husband to a wife that I belong to. Are you, are you hearing me? So whatever your identity is, so I'm a pastor, okay? People have said, well, pastor, I saw you at this bar. Yeah, you probably did. What were you doing there? <laughs> but I've, I've gone to concerts and different things, and people have seen me, whether it be a bar or whatever, and people are like, I, I, just, I just don't know if my, I can handle that. You need to understand something. How can I be in that environment? Because I know who I am. I can be a pastor and still be in an environment because I'm not going to produce habits that don't prop up the identity of who I am. If I don't know who I am, then I shouldn't go anywhere because it's just going to be a, a mess. Somebody said mess. Let's go with that, right? But I know who I am. Who are you? Who are you? Look at this verse. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our life. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power, the power, right? We now have the, the doors open with the power of sin. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to what? Righteous living. Who are you? Start telling yourself, I am a righteous child of God. Don't allow the world, your friends, or social media to tell you who you are. The word says that you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are more than a conqueror. You can handle this because God lives in you. Don't, don't listen to the wrong voices. Understand your identity, and when you have the right identity, it'll work. Healthy identity creates positive habits. So if you identify as a Christian, you identify as a partner here at South Point, then all of a sudden, now that I identify as that, I'm going to start producing the habits that prop up that identity. So that means, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the volunteer team. Why? Because that's what South Pointers do. I'm going to bring my tithe into the house. Why am I going to do that? Because we teach and preach all the time that we bring our first and our best into the house because we believe that God will bless all the rest. I'm gonna, why am I going to sign up for a small group? I don't even like people. Yeah, you do, because you're a South Pointer. We love people. And we are kind and generous even to people we hate. Let me say that again. We are kind and generous and full of joy and patience with people we don't like. Because that's what Jesus said to do. Yeah. Some of you are like, I disagree. Well... That's what Jesus said. 15 years ago today, 
was South Point Church's first gathering in my living room. 15 years ago today. Isn't that cool? That's kind of cool. It hasn't been all roses, right? 15 years, you know, we've had, we've had bad services. We've had bad months. We've had bad years. We've had stuff, but we've had good stuff too. So where are you? Where are we, South Point? I'll tell you where we are. We are consistently walking in the general direction of Jesus. What does that mean? Stop being so hard on yourself. Just start making more better decisions. Keep doing that. And stop making bad decisions. We're just going to walk faithfully in the general direction of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's our identity. Who are you? Don't lose your identity. Do not allow, and I'm getting ready to pray, so don't, don't get impatient with me. I'm almost done. Don't allow the silent killer to sneak inside of you and assassinate your identity. Don't do it. Because the world wants you to be inert. The world, the culture hates the spirit of Christ that's in you. But I want to encourage and inflame the spirit of Christ that's in you. Because you are so stinking amazing. And this world needs you. Yes, you. And if you're always talking about what you've done wrong, if you're always focused on, well, I need to end this, I need to do this. I'm just, Pastor, I've got too many bad habits in my life. Get in line. We all do. No, just you, Pastor. Hey, okay, whatever. We all have so many bad habits in our lives, but don't focus on those. Focus on your identity in Christ because your identity in Christ will produce healthy habits that will support the identity in Christ. Do I read my Bible because I'm perfect? No, I read my Bible because it's just a healthy habit of my identity. Do I pray? Yeah. And those little investments change everything. Some of you are making decisions that nobody sees and they're good. This week, you made the decision to worship instead of worry. Good job. That's awesome. Some of you made the decision to pray instead of complain. That's awesome. Great. Some of you made the decision this week to not comment on somebody's stupid post. You just said to yourself, it's better if I leave that one alone. Good job. That's awesome. Keep it up. Find your identity in Christ. It's in the Word. And man, it'll produce some amazing habits. Can I pray with you guys? If you'll just bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that your Word tells us that we are literally sons of God and daughters of God. Thank you. You also said that we were friends of God, that we, we actually have the ability to be friends with the creator of the universe. Oh my Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's so humbling. Thank you. Father, I ask right now that each one of us in-house or online, Lord, that you show us those areas right now, whether it be big and glaring or maybe for some of us it's just a small thing that we're just, we keep tripping over. We, we just keep tripping over it. We keep stumbling over that. It's not the end of the world, but we just, we know we would be a better person if we could just overcome that. Father, bring it to the forefront of our souls. Shut down the terrorist network that's going on in our lives. 
And let us find new freedom in you. Let us find new freedom in you and what you have for us. Father, I ask that you strengthen us and encourage us and do what you always do and are already doing. Whisper in our ears and our hearts how much you love us and how much you did everything for us. Oh, Father, we love you and we thank you for our identity in you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. If you're here and you don't have that relationship, you don't have that at all, um, there's going to be some people down front, they're already down there, there's some people down front that would love to pray with you and connect with you, and they'll, they will do an amazing job at introducing you to this man named Jesus, who's not trying to throw stones at you, he's not trying to smite you, he's chasing you around, trying to love you, hug you, and lift you up and encourage you. And they'll introduce you to that guy. And if you need prayer for anything else at all, anything at all, they're down here to pray with you and to pray for you. All right, stand with me, if you will. Gents, I'm totally stoked about this weekend. Oh, my goodness, I can hardly wait, hardly wait. Um, all right, also, if you're a follower of Christ, there's communion elements down front on both sides. And if you'd like to take communion, that is available to you. Let me pray the benediction, and we will jet out of here. You all ready? Are you all glad you came to church today? Are you leaving a little more encouraged than when you came in? Yes. Now, Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditations in our heart be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, love y'all.